Um, What's happening? Could you pull? Could I? What? And you? What do you mean? Pull. Pull. Just pull to open. Pull to open. Yes, and what do you do? It disrupts oh. the brain. It's like it's been buried in my head for years. It keeps everything calm. And I won't change their mind. Because I'm always so certain. Well, no more opinionated than usual. Moments like these are a joy. Don't just stand there. Push. Push. Here comes the... <laughs> Hello, Hello, and, and welcome, welcome to Pull to, to Open. To open. No, Normally, an ongoing quest to watch, watch all of Doctor Who in random order. But uh, today, today we're, we're splitting off. Splitting off. <sighs> oh, oh, that's better. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We have bi-generated. Yeah, uh, I felt strangely out of sync there before yeah, we did that. Yeah, that was that was weird. But we're that's because we're splitting off. Everything is weird, and we're everything right. is weird. <laughs> everything is right. We all win. Uh, all our opinions are correct, and especially our opinions about the giggle. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you to do the arpeggio, but you did it. You did it. <laughs> Come on, how could I not? Actually, whenever someone says giggle now, yep. <laughs> if they're a Doctor Who fan, you're gonna <laughs> that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to re-sculpt my whole giggle. And of course we have to re-sculpt the entirety of Doctor Who canon now that we know that bi-generation is a thing. And do we ever? Yes. Do we want to talk about that regeneration first? Should we get right into it? I, I don't know if I have the energy at this point. <laughs> I feel like if Tenant's Doctor was staggering through things and running on fumes, I'm kind of feeling that way myself now. I, I'm really like, I, okay, so I finished watching this less than a half hour ago. Hmm. And I am still processing it, to be honest with you. Like, yes. I not sure how I'm going to feel about this a week from now, a month from now six months from now um but my my lack of certainty right now i think means i didn't love it you know i'm not i'm not cheering i'm not like going whoa yeah that's awesome it's like okay you know he kind of forewarned us a little bit like this is going to be big this is going to change things so I, I I knew he wasn't going for something conventional there's obviously this is russell z davies what he was saying and mm -hmm. Now I've seen it, and I don't know if I love it. And maybe talking about it will help. Yeah. So first it's of all, let me ask you, Chris, what did what did you think of the whole bi, bi generation thing? I I loved it. Now, to be honest, I I was spoiled in the sense that I knew that that was the rumor. Uh, okay. And uh, the friend I was watching with, also a Doctor Who fan, came up with it independently. She said, you know, this is maybe Tennant's going to stay, right? Is that what's going to happen? Um, so, obviously, it didn't come out of uh, the wild blue yonder, as it were. Uh, hmm. it, um, it, you know, it's, it's, we sort of had the practice for this with the Metacrisis, right? Um, you know, Tennant going on in an existing in some other form, uh, in some other yeah. universe. In this case, that universe just happens to be uh, London. Well, yes, we did sort of have a little bit of a, I wouldn't call it a setup, but it's definitely an echo of the meta crisis. Mm. Yeah, I, I knew, you know, I mean, you could have gone the traditionalist route. Like, think of the options he had. He could have just, you know, tenant regenerates into Gatwa, off we go, and we're done with that. And that, 
that doesn't feel right either. Because as we were talking about, you know, even I was saying in Wild Blue Yonder, uh, we only have one more adventure with these guys. And I was already like wistfully like, oh, man, I wish I could see more adventures with yeah. uh, this tenant and and Donna. And <laughs> they're going to get them. <laughs> a- apparently they can bring them back clearly whenever they want. Now, I don't know if I wanted that, though. You know, like I feel like, oh, now there's, you know, I finished the cake. I love the cake. Oh, I wish there was more cake. Well, look, there's a whole room full of cakes. And it's like, I... You want a corridor. You've got room after room of corridor after corridor. Every door (laughs) is a corridor. But I I mean, I don't know. I don't know if having is as rewarding as wanting, which could be... Mm. I don't know if that was the point of this episode. Probably not. But I mean, now that I have it, I'm just like, oh, okay. uh, um, Right. Got it. (laughs) Well, I got to say that the the champagne corks are probably popping over at Big Finish HQ. Uh, (laughs) David Tennant and and, uh, Catherine Tate have done their Big Finishes before. Uh, this, This would certainly inspire them to do more. Uh, Big Finish does endeavor to make it as easy as possible. So I do think we're going to get a whole line of uh, 14th Doctor Adventures. Well, maybe. Here's the th- Okay, like, I, I don't want to get too far on a tangent here, but you think about, like, Big Finish is actually kind of a good example of what I'm talking about because they've gotten more popular, they've gotten bigger, they've gotten more cast, and 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 they've started in the last few years creatively putting companions with doctors and just kind of, do, kind of almost doing whatever. Let's just do mm-hmm. a story because we have this available talent to which I am. It, it There's a certain degree of robbing meaning from the whole thing once they become mm-hmm. these cast parties. Right. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. The same feeling of like, oh, now that there's a bi generation and we, we we have these two Tardises, two two doctors and they can kind of go and do off whatever, whenever it's a little like, well, isn't this isn't this kind of cheapening the whole endeavor on some level? Like. shouldn't there be some consistency, more rules to it than that? I don't know. Maybe call me a stickler. Call me a traditionalist. You're probably going to call me something worse. Everyone else who's listening, who um, (laughs) love the episode, but I, I kind of want something a little more, I I wouldn't say gritty and realistic, but I don't know, consistent, I guess a little Mm. more something I can grip onto, you know, and, and a little more tangible in terms of like the meaning that it has. And I'm talking both about the episode and what it means for all of Dr. Who, right? Like Mm. that's what I think, like, cause we're getting what we want. We're getting like, Oh yay, We have both doctors and all this stuff. But now um, because there, there hasn't been that sacrifice that always happens at the end of one of these, it's, it's tough. It's it's right. it's tough. It's a tough place to be because, like, did I want this? That's kind of where I'm going. It does have that feel of of RTD didn't want to lose his favorite Doctor. He didn't didn't want to lose Tennant, and we've seen that in the past. Like RTD does love his characters, and he does like to bring them back, and he does have a hard time killing them for good. And Rose is trapped in another dimension, but oh wait, she's got a dimension cannon, and the dimensions happen to be clashing together. So Rose is back, y'all. Uh, but I, I got to say, just just I, would, well, go ahead, go ahead, finish your well, thought. I, and then I, I, I should say that I do think, and I, I haven't checked the, the RTD commentary on iPlayer that he said we should all go listen to after it. It does seem, I'm, I'm seeing a few tweets pop up about it as we're recording this, because we're doing this pretty much live uh, after it goes out and everyone's kind of getting a, their, their brain around it. Um, it does seem that RTD is saying that he will 
regenerate into 15 properly at some point. And that what the toy maker has done is actually pull 15 out of the future. Uh, and maybe, <laughs> maybe that's why Mel's there. You know, Mel herself pulled out of her future uh, companionship with the doctor. Uh, and we never got to see the actual beginning. Uh, could be yeah. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> well, interesting. Maybe. Uh, interesting. Okay. That's, that's new information for me. Yeah. But if that's the, true, I mean, I, I, you know, don't, don't take that to the bank, but yeah, you know, that could, there are ways around this, right? There are well, ways listen, you can explain it yeah. without saying that 14 lives forever. Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to say two more things about it. And then I think we can go on to sort of the, better, the other stuff about the episode. So one is that, um, I really thought this is a nitpick, but one of the things that takes me a little more out of it is that uh, the the regeneration makes no le- even less physical sense than it usually does, right? Which I get it. It's Doctor Who, and I know again I've talked about this before. I don't want to go down the whole thing of what's suspension of disbelief and what isn't, but I would say you know I'm going to go a little bit down it because this one is like okay, well they buy generate and one gets the undershirt, one gets the shirt, and one gets the tie, one gets the pants, and it's like yeah, you kind of have to do that, but it's like. If, if I was thinking about it during the episode because you know because you're seeing Shurigawa in his underwear and you're just like, well, how did that work? You know what I mean? Like, and I know they already like regenerated the clothes and the, you know Doctor Who does magic stuff. I get it. You don't you, you don't want to stop and explain it, uh, but so someone regenerating every cell in their body wearing the same clothes that's a little more real to me. And I know, mm-hmm. like, I know, again, I sound ridiculous. It's Doctor Who, but it is like, there are degrees to this kind of thing, you know? You know so well, sorry, sorry for the nitpick, but I had to get that out. I, I'm glad you got it out. I think we <laughs> want to represent all opinions. We we now know for a fact, according to the giggle, all opinions are correct. Um, so, and I'm standing by mine. Yeah, that's right. I'm going right. to throw you off this podcast, Chris. Everyone else <laughs> has just gone completely barmy and just has these dead set opinions, but not me. Well, that's a um, good transition. I'll I'll save my other may- maybe pick about it um, for later. It's not even really a pick, but it is. It's more like when I said the word sacrifice, that activated something in my brain, which I think is like, oh yeah, sacrifice. That's kind like that kind of gives gives stories meaning. And when you duplicate people like this, there's there's sort of an ontological thing which they hint at here. But I remember other other things that do it well, um, whether it's cloning or whatever, recognize you sort of don't get something for nothing, right? Mm. That you may be able to clone someone, but all, not all is good, and usually there's something that is sacrificed in creating that that duplicate in some way. Yes. Um, yes. So anyway, indeed, uh, well, maybe that's to come. It, maybe it is to come. Maybe we've yet to see the end of 14, 14 officially regenerating to 15. It could still happen. Why not have the regeneration twice? Uh, I will say I think it is brilliant in the sense that it was set up that we've seen that image of Shooty saying, will someone tell me what the hell is going on? First of all, not aware that he wasn't wearing pants at the time. Um, <laughs> but secondly, he's, it's in plain sight. He is wearing Tennant's shirt and Tennant's tie. Right. Uh, yeah. And the, but well. not undershirt, right? So it's, I mean, I don't oh, I like yeah. that setup. Like, it did take me a while to realize, like, wait a minute, why is he in his pants? And like, and then you have the other thought, which may, may occur to some of us more than others in, in a given lifetime. Hmm, I wonder if David Tennant's going commando. 
uh, and <laughs> yes, I believe. I don't know if RTD is yet to confirm that, but uh, I'm, I'm taking that one to the bank. That's head cannon. Uh, Shooty got the underwear. Uh, tenant. Okay. It gets you thinking. Did, did we want to think about these things? I don't. I don't know if we did. You know what um, I like here? So RTD is shamelessly stealing from a lot of stuff. Uh, he's shamelessly stealing from the Curse of Fatal Death, I believe, with the eyebrow language. Right. That's, well, that was actually, you remember, it was in Spearhead from Space, too. Yeah, I was surprised space, he didn't yes. say um, Delphon because that was, that was the planet, but they said the queen of something else, which isn't necessarily the planet. But I, I figured he would, that would have been a, an obvious name to drop, but they didn't for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we replete with references, by the way, the, the whole thing, incredibly so. Well, uh, let's talk about one of the big ones, which mm-hmm. was right there in front of us, Mel. Mel, yes, yeah, she's, she's back. She's, she's back, back early. We got a mention of Sabalon Glitz, uh, who died. That's right. Well, you had to explain it. Mm-hmm. So, but like just the word Sabalon Glitz, I'm not sure RTD just loved typing that. Just he loved typing the words Mavic Gen. Like this was mm-hmm. definitely a a feast of shoutouts with all the old Who fans pointing at the screen like the Leo DiCaprio meme. Uh, I recognize that. Also, by the way, I love that he stole shamelessly from from both from himself uh, and from Flash Gordon, right? Oh, picking up the of the tooth that the master is trapped in. Oh yeah, Uh, is exactly okay. What I'm can't say I'm super up to speed on Flash Gordon. At the end of Flash Gordon, uh, Ming Ming is dead, or no, he vanishes, and then. And a hand comes out and plucks his ring, and at the same time, you hear Ming's laughter echoing in the background as we kick into the the Queen soundtrack. Oh, I just assumed he was just referencing himself from, uh, <laughs> from uh, the end of, end of time. Uh, no, it was well the the one prior to that. When the yes, times when yes. he came back, but it was uh, the the last of the Time Lords. The last of the Time Lords. Yeah. Yeah, which, so, which, which in itself was a flash reference. I think it was more of a flash reference this time because he added the laughter. Yeah, but there's so also I, I, a reference yeah. to Inspector Spacetime from Community. <laughs> this is getting super nerdy, but the the big sort of the big crux point of the Community episode where they've got mm-hmm. the uh, the fan convention that Troy and Arbet are going to, if you know Community, is who who are they going to take the photo of? The inspector and Reggie, so basically the inspector and his companion, and they're they're sort of they're bifurcated. I think they actually say it in the show. They're bifurcated, so everyone's taking a special photo where they're kind of merged into one person, and they're like pulling mm. apart from each other, exactly like Tennant and Shooty. Exactly. Oh my exact god! Same. So it sounds <laughs> so like he lifted his reference. massive twist to the story and the Doctor Who universe from Community. Yes. I'm sorry, I've never seen space-time. that. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, listen, I want to get into some more references, and yeah. I definitely want to talk about Mel. I definitely want to talk about the toy maker. But before we do that, Chris, how about we do some housekeeping? Yeah, let's do that. So, Pull to Open is a podcast. It's also a website, pulltoopen.net. Uh, it's a Patreon. It's on every social network that you can possibly imagine, and some that you haven't. And you know what? It's correct on all of them. Uh, Pete, what are the correct <laughs> handles for? We're at Pull to Open on TikTok and Blue Sky, I want to say. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, Pull to one. Open 63 on every, pretty much everything else. 
Uh, please leave a review if you can. So if you're in a podcast app, chances are it might be Spotify or the Apple podcast app. If you could rate us with a star rating, I'm seeing five stars in front of me for some reason, but you go ahead and leave whatever you want. Uh, and reviews in the Apple podcast app really do help the show. Yes. Uh, and they're all correct. All opinions are correct. All correct. And you know what? If you've reviewed us once, uh, do it again. Because you know what? Uh, the oldest rule in the universe is best out of three. Exactly. Apparently. So, so okay. Let's let's talk about Mel a little bit. So Mel's great. We like Mel. Um, it's, it's fun that I like that they just sort of had this quick explanation that she just hitched, hitched a ride back. Sabalom Glitz lived to be 100 or something. That, 101. Uh, so he must have been younger, I guess. So like, I mean, I mean, Mel, obviously she's older now. Um, no, is, presumably. It's, it's all that character juice. This, yeah, this, there it is. Whole, the, the giggle was just entirely secretly a PSA for characters. Yeah. Well, I also like that she her story wasn't super awesome. Like she kind of, you know, came back, kind of just didn't have a lot going on. And then just, you know, OK, like got a job at unit. So. Um, so that's all, all to the good. And so, so, uh, but I really, what I really want to talk about is Neil Patrick Harris as the toy maker. Oh, and I thought yeah. now it there, uh, you know, like I've already said, there's certain parts of the story. I'm not sure how I feel about. I loved his, her performance and like really everything Davies did here with him. Really? Like I thought, I thought it was a really, really great interpretation of what he is uh how he would sort of behave now in this sort of more modern world and even though they were more or less superficial the points he was making about you know society and culture and everyone being online and playing games and i love when he talks about head games and mind games mm-hmm. and he, that he's fallen in love with humanity all yeah. of that was amazing so good yes he <laughs> loves us because of our cheating and our ghosting and our um you know, uh, deceiving and, and our, he basically loves our social media. Uh, like this, <laughs> good God. Could a, could an episode have got more close to the bone about like what, uh, ails the world today, right? Every, everyone being right. Everyone shouting at each other that they're the reasonable one and everyone else is wrong. And, uh, you know, cut to the prime minister. And, you know, that's a wonderful scene of the Donna's. Yeah, I like oh, the no way of thinking there. about that. Like everybody wins and, I think, you know, you could don't have to think too hard about it, but I do like that sort of point making of, look, someone's got to lose for us Mm -hmm. to make progress in anything, Uh, you know, and someone actually has to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got to be wrong out there, which is, (laughs) you know, it's a simple point, but it it works really, really well. And I also like like that that is plausibly a way the world would just fall into chaos and a plausible motivation for the toy maker. So all of that really works. So, okay, I want to get into some of the details. Like, I really, really liked the marionette stuff, not just the Mm. stuff with the guy who was uh, his prisoner, but the stuff where he was talking about Amy and Clara and Bill and going in and out of his accent at the perfect times. Those those little close-ups of Neil Patrick Harris going, well, that's all right then. You know, like American accent. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all right then. Yeah, I mean, it just <laughs> just like a like a sardonic internet commenter just just jumping in at those moments. And of course, he's absolutely right. I mean, at its best, the show does 
play with this notion of like the doctor messes people up and you know being with the doctor yeah. messes people up and this oh my is, god he's i don't think he's even it. like if you look at all of new who companions is he even batting 500 <laughs> on them being okay and back home you yeah, know like no, i don't think he no. is <laughs> you know uh martha's kind of okay but also will never be the same again like she's not didn't exactly just go back to her life as a doctor in mm. the hospital you know she had to go work for unit and run around blow things up yeah um, amy no clara no yeah. um most of i guess the whitaker companions made out okay what, what but, I really loved about that scene was that uh, I think if, if you are enough for Doctor Who fan, you're doing exactly what the Doctor does at that moment. So you're like, uh, and I did it. I, I was saying the, you know, the sort of the mitigating reasons out loud. Like when he did the Amy Pond thing. Uh, oh, and she touched a weeping angel and then she dies. And I was yelling at the screen, but in her 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Which the Doctor is like, but she had a full life. Like, we're, we're apologists for him, uh, which yeah. is kind of a uh, very creepy revelation that the giggle has. Uh, I would, uh, so yes, like you, I loved Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, if there are any listeners in Germany, uh, I wanted to say on behalf of the English speaking Who fan world, we're so sorry. <laughs> the thing is, we're sorry, not sorry, I have to <laughs> sorry, say, because, well, this is the thing. I, I, he, he seemed like, I think he might be a fan of Pull to Open in terms of like Davies, right? Because like the way he wrote him, like these sort of, he's, they, he didn't forget about the racism, you know, he just made mm -hmm. it subtler and like it sort of weaves it, like he's just, you know, he weaves it in and out of the accent. He just uses these conventions to kind of, one up people like when he when he has that comment about the guy's skin or whatever he doesn't even say about his skin color it's like you're more used to tropical climates aren't you yeah. or something like that it was you know ooh, that's slimy and yeah. yeah like all of that stuff i think really really worked um just just and just this whole dance sequence through unit like oh, that i gotta wonder like how long that took to shoot and uh, how much confetti they ended up throwing on the floor like my god it oh. was that was just brilliant but it's also so good yeah you got to look back by the way on on the master singing rasputin from daleks and cybermen last year and say that next to this like that that was nothing that that was just the warm-up act uh because this takes that to new extreme you know there's so much more of the song it's like moves to every bit you know he dances with kate uh you know he does the he does the american beauty thing in the rose mm. petals uh, lovely little reference there to a great movie. Uh, yeah, wow. you kind of almost wanted more of that. I got to say, like, it's so good. And I, I would have loved to see, honestly, one more set piece. Because they, 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 they arguably two, right? Because there's in the arena control room and then there's the big gun. But I, I almost wanted a little more of like the the play world, the almost the Roger Rabbit world that he's sort of creating. Because you get a, a hint of that where he spins Mel and she does it in sort of almost this cartoony way and falls down, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and, and you could argue the bi-generation might have been a product of that. I think that's a strong implication that at least yes. they're saying here, you know? So so there's this weird cartoonification um, that takes over when he's there. And I kind of just, you know, want to, because like, other shows have done things like this, right? Like I kind of wanted almost a little more there um, mm -hmm. of showing, and, and them also kind of working out the rules of it. That, oh, I could, you know, another great, great example, uh, Spider-Verse with Spider-Ham, you know, 
like when you're around him, he gets to do things like pull things out of other things that are impossibly big and do weird stuff. Right, uh, like but everyone else sort of has to be a little more realistic, right? Like so, like that, that kind of thing. Shooty pulls out at the end. The hammer that Shooty pulls exactly. out. Exactly. And the TARDIS into two TARDI. Uh, TARDIS says, yes, it's TARDIS says, isn't it? Uh, un unless uh, the, the whole Mavity thing has uh, changed more words than we knew. I think TARDIS <laughs> says is the plural. Yes, he creates two TARDISes with a big cartoon hammer, which is exactly what you're talking about. But actually, now, uh, based on what you're saying, I'm thinking. My goodness! Like we need, we need something like that, like uh, almost a mind robber esque kind of. Let, let, let's dip into the cartoon universe. Let's have the Doctor Who version of Roger Rabbit, where he goes somewhere where like animation is is live and can interact with them, uh, which would be such a great reference. Uh, well, and I think I think there was a missed opportunity to do something more with the game. So, and this is where the one thing that I, I didn't like about the storyline was honestly that final game of catch mm -hmm. um, where it, I like the simplicity of it as well as the simplicity of cut. Yes. Both of those work. I thought the cut worked better than the catch and I'll explain why. So the catch it's, it's a, it's a little too like open-ended, you know, they're just throwing the ball at each other, but you know, there's, it's still too open-ended. The, the toy maker, he's a, he's a super being like, if he really wants to win, why doesn't he just throw it like at a million miles an hour? Right. And he kind of does. And he kind of doesn't like, like, so in other words, I feel like there's still too much in terms of rules he can manipulate there mm -hmm. to believably um, lose that game. And he does seemingly lose just randomly. Like, I wish there was a little more story there. I wish they had sort of figured out some way to, have the doctors some maybe somehow use the cartoon nature of this place in some way, you know, mm. kind of like, you know, the space jam movies do things like this. Yeah. And then, well, maybe, uh, maybe figure out a way to win. Distracted him. <clears throat> Mel could have distracted him by singing a high C or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Something like, yes, I, I see what you're saying. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Um, well, I do but like I, though that yeah. they were simple games, like you said, uh, specifically because the games in the Celestial Toymaker were so rubbish. Yeah, well, it's also <laughs> like I think there should almost be a realization that you can't win against the Toymaker mm. because he he's just too good at the game. That's what he strongly implies, right? Like I've beaten every bean from everyday people to like gods. And I've I've trapped them all, and I'm I'm always the winner, and it makes sense because he's he's obviously this crazy super being, and would know like any strategy game he'd be able to outmaneuver you. Any other game that you know where the rules are, he should be able to just fit, you know adjust the rules so he wins. But a game like that is this straight up high card, like. Mm -hmm. If he's actually playing by some sort of rules, he can't. Like that's that's sort of the realization. That's why cut makes sense. It's like okay, yeah. it's completely random, like. You know, like it's basically like it's you know fifty percent chance. Well, you or me, like that's it, and that's that's the only game you can like a coin flip is all you can win against the toy maker, and you only have a chance to win. You can't guarantee a win. So, um, so that's good. Um, yeah, try but the ball thing, yeah, game, and he'll just he'll just speed it up on you. Uh, yeah, the ball, the ball thing, perhaps a little bit too basic. Uh, I do think you need something more actiony than just just a, a card game. But yeah, the, there are other ways that could have been done. Um, you know, it's it's not perfect in that respect. But I think, I mean, at, at that stage, you are just so 
trying to comprehend what has just mm. happened with 14 and 15. And I think it's, it is a bonus that the game is uber simple, uber basic, and that, that 15 almost messes it up, <laughs> right? But <Yeah. laughs> throwing too hard at 14, oh, it just gets a little bit too into the game. Maybe that puts the toy maker uh, off, his, off his game, you know, as it were. Because uh, he's saying, "Oh, well, this is easy," they get, you know, like it's a little bit of hubris. He's yeah. he's actually like, "Oh, well, they're just going to destroy each other now." Um, so I get that. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of the setting up of the uh, the one player that the toy maker says he didn't dare face the one who waits? Clearly, setting something up for Shooty's first season. What did you think of? That? Yeah, obviously, there's going to be some kind of big bad. Um, that's most certainly the boss that mm-hmm. the Meep was talking about. Yeah, um, the toy maker after all. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be foreshadowing something big. I hope it's something new in that, you know, we've, we've seen Omega. We've seen, well, actually, we haven't seen Omega in the new series. But we, we've mm. seen all kinds of classic Doctor Who villains brought back. But I also feel like this break between Gatwa and Tennant, uh, a lot of it sort of implies that Gatwa is the memories, but without the baggage and yeah. without uh, really understanding how that works. I kind of like that thematically, like clearly Russell T Davies is going, okay, it's doctor who year one and let's go and do that. So I hope they start building some new lore here and figuring out what, um, what this new universe with Shooty Got was like. You can bring back stuff, but I think I think bring, the idea of bringing back stuff, I don't know, it's kind of getting a little old. And again, like yeah. that seems to be a thing that Big Finish is doing a lot. And there's all this multiverse stuff that's been happening the last few years in various franchises. It's time for clean slates, you know? And I I, I want a clean slate. Let's, let's start again. And I'm not saying never bring anyone back, but let's... You know, they're giving the Cybermen and Daleks a rest for a reason. Let's mm. kind of give the, I wouldn't say nostalgia a rest for a reason, but well, um, let's let's start building new adventures. That's, uh, that's my yeah, view. Not, not, to, uh, not to say that you're not correct, because of course you are, you are right. Everyone's right. All of, all of opinions are correct at the moment. However, late-breaking news from, from the RTD commentary that people have been checking out while we've been on the air... Uh, <laughs> What we think happens, and I haven't actually listened to the commentary myself, but here's the suggestion from Twitter, which I will never call X, uh, because I'm correct. Um, at the moment when 14 regenerated, every single incarnation by regenerated. Uh, so every incarnation what? in the past was reborn. They all get their own timelines. Uh, possible multiverse, question mark. Now... There are other commenters oh suggesting that RTD is joking when he said that, but yeah, I mean, should we? The guy's <laughs> out of control, bro. You don't, you don't, the thing is you don't need it. Doctor Who's already got multi-doctor stories and et cetera, and all this stuff. Okay. Uh, anyway, I, I don't even want to talk about that. We'll find but, <laughs> in time. So yeah, I mean, other things I would say like, okay, so there's the stuff with the whole wheelchair access and the TARDIS and the references mm. To, I forget her name. What's that character's name? Um, oh, whatever her name is. Scientific advisor? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it. I think it was played fairly well in the Star Beast and that here she is, she's in a wheelchair and she's just there and she's in charge. And yes, that does become a little bit of the story in that uh, episode, but that, that all made sense. Here, I felt like, okay, they were just making too many references to it. Like, it's kind of like, 
just have her there, have her be in the story, have her be competent and cool. Stop like making her the person in the wheelchair. You know what I mean? Like I I did not like that. I think this was, this, this story did not serve her character well. And, and she's also has to carry the water for like, all political correctness, right? Everyone keeps telling yeah. her to be like, can can I say parked? You know, Donna has that, yeah. that line. And it's kind of like Davies is trying to have his cake and eat it too because he's mm. making fun of cancel culture and online uh, outrage mobs, but he's also, you know, doing this incredibly political correct thing that, I don't, you know, I know he's not specifically catering to that crowd. I mean, I, I do think he's genuinely trying to do good things here, but it is like sort of playing into that whole world. And it's like, it's again, representation is great. Have a character be in a wheelchair, have her be competent and cool. Like you don't have to keep referring to <laughs> the, the, the thing, you know, mm-hmm. just have her be there. It's, it's, it's enough. Um, that's how you, how you really, you know, show, be representative in my view. Um, yeah, I mean, so- you know, it's, it, you, you do, you need uh, someone there to, to say the sciencey things about exactly what is going on with the giggle. Uh, gotta say, if the giggle's been burned into every screen, uh, which which I love as an idea, by the way, but like, let us also not forget that every screen since 1969 has been broadcasting the silence. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we when when you're playing, playing the moon landing, wow! What if you're playing the moon landing on an Earth screen? Yes. And the, you're just hearing why does that laugh that Neil Armstrong yeah. <laughs> said after? One small step for man. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why they had to uh, fuzz that bit out. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll get that story eventually. Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I really liked it all. I was, I, I'm always on tenterhooks in these, in these moments of like, are they, how far is RTG going to go? Is it going to get it basically right? Is it going to feel basically right? I think this did. And I think that also there has been a fine long history of Doctor Who talking about itself in in the context of television, like as as a stand-in for television. You know, Hmm. we've seen it directly in The Idiot's Lantern. We saw it directly here. Uh, But you could could make the argument that it's all over the place, you know, and and that Doctor Who is itself sort of, uh, from the start, an example of what television can do and what it does do. To, to us and our brains and all of the, the fears that come from it. Uh, this is perhaps more direct than I've ever seen. Now, let me ask you a question, Pete. Had you heard before this the name John Logie Bat? I had not. Or so, if I had, I'd forgotten about it. Uh, John Logie Bat is the inventor of television. And Philo T. Farnsworth, a name you probably heard, mm-hmm. is the inventor of television. Uh, this is a... And it's kind of perfect for the giggle, right? Because uh, the Americans are right. Philo T. Farnsworth invented television. And the Brits are right. John Logie Baird invented television. Like they both <laughs> did different different bits of it at different times. And it's a very complicated and tangled history. And it's I've long wondered about this because it's like, yeah. it's it was so weird coming to America as a Brit to discover, you know, oh, you guys all venerate this Philo T. Farnsworth guy. What, what's up with that? Uh, have you never heard of John Logie Baird? Like he's, he always gets, <laughs> who, who got to the patent office first. That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it depends what you're patenting. Right. Um, mm, I think true. that's the, pro- I haven't had time to look into the history of it. When, when we do the giggle for real in the pool to open uh, random adventure, I will certainly have history corner. Uh, on on who is the correct one, but it's it's one of those disputes that just you know I remember reading about it and I think oh well this ultimately has no answer and ultimately it's a bit sort of 
you know, it's patriotic, it's nationalistic, it's who, whoever you want it to be. Do you want it to be the Scot or do you want it to be the American? Um, mm. You know, that there's there's cause to say that they're both, which is perfect for a world in which, you know, uh, everyone could be right, everyone could believe their own thing, uh, and in which the, uh, oh God, what's her name? The American TV reporter that we got from RTD's early years is now basic, basically hosting right. InfoWars, Alex, Alex Jones' show, uh, in which he's <laughs> screaming. In real her. life, you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, no, in the uh, in in the giggle, like we get oh, okay. out of her. She's like, we're we're not going to wear the what what was it? Called? Oh, the, that was the, her. Yes. Oh my god, I didn't even get that. Yes, she was right. We're not the the Zdex. Oh yeah, like yes. what was with that? So so <laughs> unit has its own robot artificial intelligence thing, which I guess kind of makes sense. Yep. But I also felt off. like I felt like <laughs> I felt like there were there was kind of one too many things there. I have to say, it's mm. like hey, we've got Mel, we've got. Kate Stewart, we got the robot thing, and now the doctor and uh, uh, Donna show up, and now Donna can type really fast, so she's helpful. It's like okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's one well, someone's got to leave here. Like it's great everyone's here, but you know, like I don't think there's just enough for everyone to do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, yeah, it's it's a common problem and certainly one that, that Chris Chibnall ran into a lot. Um I think I think handled handled pretty well here. Like I feel if it was Chibnall, he would have he would have thrown in another uh companion working at unit and we would have even more of a division of labor and he just sort of keeps splitting them and splitting them and splitting them, like the toy maker talks about splitting the doctor endlessly. Uh which I thought was a wonderful idea and kind of want to see him come back and do that. Yeah. Well, I got to say the special effect of the beam going through Tenant there was mm. really good. I thought that was pretty awesome. Just sort of having him kind of like zap through and sort of suspended a little bit. And what's interesting is he, he basically dies the same way uh, or, you know, the regeneration is forced in the same way as Jody's was. You know, pretty much the same kind of, you know, big, big laser mm. weapon, big gun. Yeah. Um, which is sort of uh, also an interesting maybe meta commentary on the idea of like, you know, this is what happened. Like the show's kind of run out, out of ideas. And like the, the four, 14 is sort of an example of the show resting on its laurels and going back to its looking backwards rather than forwards. Right. Know? And, and so I think it's perfect for that regeneration to happen in exactly the same way. It's like, Oh, I guess we're just going to do this again. Uh, and then to fake us out and give us a new kind of thing that everyone's going to argue about. Well, we're definitely going to be arguing about that jukebox. I'll tell you that. Is it digital? Does it have records? I feel like it's 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 cool. It's, it's again, it's one of those just magic things. The hammer doesn't just split the TARDIS. It gives one of them a jukebox. That's right. It's like, you know, uh, why not? <laughs> yeah. After Shooty has snuck in on his own and he's like, you know, and Tenants follows him. By, by that time, he has already, you know, changed the lighting system and installed a jukebox. Uh, he's basically turned it into Ken's Mojo Dojo Daka whatever, uh, whatever it was from, uh, from Barbie. Uh, shout out to Shooty Gotworth for being in that as well. Uh, 
Yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, there's so much we could talk about. We could keep yeah. going for hours. Keep going about this, but any, any final thoughts before we, uh, we post this, this quick. Uh, one thing that just Davies has single-handedly with the star beast and now the giggle, uh, destroyed a lot of non-canon or extra canonical stuff. So it's clear that this toy maker has never, encountered the doctor since the celestial mm. toy maker oh by the way i did really like that you know we could be celestials which i yes. thought was amazing and using sort of what i would argue is the more the correct ver- use of the term Indeed. which the marvel universe also does right because they call their gal- you know super galactic super being celestials and uh, it was a great little reference um, and, and by the way, if you if you're just catching up on Paul Turbin, first of all, go go watch our Celestial Toymaker podcast where we went at the beginning of the year, uh, and that's where I found out that that Celestial was was kind of used uh, as a slur. Uh, yeah, against, uh, Chinese people. You know, it it didn't yeah. necessarily. It, it had multiple meaning. The combination yeah. of it and Michael Goff's uh, outfit was what sort of led people to think, oh, well, maybe this is... Uh, might maybe it's at the very least insensitive, yes. you know, which again, I think I really like that he's an insensitive character deliberately. I think yes. that's super fun. Um, but like, again, there was... did his accent as well, by the way. He did. He, he started to sound a little Michael Goff-ish. He did. Uh, in, Absolutely. In some moments, which was kind of nice. So, but it obviously uh, invalidates the Nightmare Fair, divided loyalties, all the comics, which again, who cares? But it's a. <laughs> Who has? Well, I mean, I think you could probably contort uh, something with to do with continuity and sort of still include them all in the same mm-hmm. way that, like, hey, human nature, maybe it happened twice. Who knows? What did, what did you think, by the way, about the, the the sort of the maybe too obvious reveal that the the whole thing with the salt last week in Mar Blue Yonder is the reason that the toy makers in our universe? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. I, I think we all called it. I think it's one of those things where it's not like you're trying to mislead anyone or tease anything. It's a bit, oh yeah, this goes from there to here. Cause you need something to explain why he, where he went, like where's he been all this time. And it does make sense, right? Cause in the original adventure, he goes to the toy maker's realm. The toy maker is never really in the universe. Mm-hmm. So this opening that gateway you know, carves the path to having this adventure and also sort of answers the question of why didn't you just go right after him and haven't encountered him since uh, he was, again, very much, much younger, as I think mm-hmm. uh, 14 says at one point, which is always like always fun to think of William Hartnell as the young one. Yes, yes. Something else 14 says at one point is that he's a billion years old. Now, is he being literal or... Uh, I, I mean, it, 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 there's an argument that he could be talking about heaven sent, right? Uh, adding, adding all that time. He, how would he know? Yeah, he has no idea thing. how old he is. I think he's just throwing a number out there. And if again, you, you could argue heaven sent, but I, I don't think that holds much water, just because he's recreated every time. So, mm. uh, you know, he he didn't age a billion years. Um, mm. Yeah, well, not unless fourteen has had way more adventures than we knew about. Uh, that may not be the Doctor's new official age. <laughs> that the le- legacy of the Daleks took way longer than an hour. It turns out. <laughs> All right, so we'll save other commentary about this for when the randomizer actually brings us here. But folks, look forward to our next pull to open in the regular sequence. 
uh, where we're going to talk. What are we going to talk about? I actually we're completely forgot. Talk about a Christmas Carol. That's what it is. Which, my goodness, uh, the randomizer has taken us there. Uh, uh, so glad you can kind of look back at what the randomizer has been doing and see that it set us up for the giggle. Uh, but we will get to that when we talk about why the randomizer did what it did. Uh, next week in the Christmas Carol and we'll probably have some more giggle thoughts by that time as well so keep it right here at Pull to Open we'll also be doing special quick reaction on Christmas Day at the church on Ruby Road the the Christmas episode Pete I I gotta say I I don't know if I can officially say this but I've seen a trailer not not the BBC trailer the Disney Plus trailer I've seen it ahead of time oh my it's exciting yeah stuff happens and, uh, you sure that wasn't the church on Sapphire Road? <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the next road over. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, 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 that is all. It's by a generation, like it's it's happening all everywhere simultaneously in every road with a, uh, a crystal in its name. So yeah, come right. back for Christmas Carol. Do that, and don't forget to check us out on YouTube.com/slash/pull to open, like and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Ha, 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 ha.